Hello, I'm Mark Tolman. This is Ask KSB. Uh, and there's new information out about school funding and school budgets. Uh, the, the final information uh, from last year is starting to be posted by the Kansas State Department of Education. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what this information means and give you some, some history on this going forward. So the question we want to look at is what do these new reports show us about Kansas school finance? Our, our information is going to be the information KS, K, KSDE has presented from final school district budgets. Um, and this is information that you can find for the most part by going to the KSD website and looking at their data central reports. But some of the things we're going to be showing you today go back farther because it's based on information that KASB has been collecting over the decades. All of this information is available in one of my Tallman Education Report blogs, which goes into this in more detail. So this is just kind of a high-level summary. I want to start by talking about the issue of total school district expenditures. The key thing to keep in mind is that looking at the final reports from last year, total Kansas school expenditures went up about $400 million to reach an all-time high. That's what's shown for those of you that are seeing this in video in the dashed blue line, and it will certainly be pointed out that this is an all-time high for Kansas schools. However, when adjusted for inflation, which is the solid blue line, even with that $400 plus million increase, adjusted for inflation to, 19, to the estimated inflation rate for this year, will still be over $100 million below the high water mark in 20, uh, 2009. We also track for you uh, the uh, what we kind of call the operating budgets, which would be the school district general fund, local option budget, and special education state aid. This is available by looking at the legal max budget reports from KSDE, uh, which is a little bit different. Uh, you've got to go somewhere else on the website to find it, uh, but you can. Again, this in th th this total went up by about two hundred million dollars, um, but it's worth noting that adjusted for inflation, that's also still well below two thousand nine. In fact, about four hundred million dollars below two thousand nine. One thing that we would want to make sure you understand is the difference between these two numbers. So, total expenditures is is just what's probably implied. It is all school district spending uh, from. Whatever, whatever source of information on whatever program. What's the difference between that total amount and the general fund, local option budget, and special education? Well, they fall into a couple of categories. One is all capital costs, so capital outlay expenditures um, beyond, beyond what might be transferred from the general fund, bond and interest expenditures, all federal funds, school food almost any school food service activities uh, except those which might be transfers from the general fund and CAPERS contributions. You'll note by looking at this, whether you look at either the inflation-adjusted or non-inflation-adjusted lines, that that gap between the two is widening. And the reason for that is uh, that uh, more and more funding is going into capital costs, largely because voters are approving bond issues at a faster rate because of the increase 
increase in uh, CAPERS contributions. A decade ago, 20 years ago, it passed over a number of decades, the legislature has not has underfunded CAPERS. They're trying to catch up, and that's why they've been larger than normal increases in CAPERS funding contributed to that higher line. Those aren't dollars available for ongoing expenditures, operating budgets. It's important money, but in effect, this line should have been higher in the past, and it wouldn't have to be as high now. And another major difference between the two is food service operations. Again, other than general fund transfers, the cost of adding breakfast programs in the 90s, for example, the cost of more students eating meals, and the cost, frankly, of perhaps healthier, but in some ways more expensive school meals, are all included in those total expenditures. Would also point out that for most of the history, and here we go back to 1990, Budgets went up faster than inflation. Even the solid lines are rising at least a little bit. That's because school districts have traditionally expanded programs and services for students. So think of adding the cost of all-day kindergarten. Think of adding or lower class, uh, reducing class sizes. Uh, think of uh, more before and after school programs and summer programs. All of these things have been steps that have been taken by school districts to improve educational services and programs beyond just the simple rate of inflation. And it's important to note out to note that over this period of time, educational outcomes in Kansas have improved. A higher percentage of students graduate high school than ever before, a higher percentage of those students begin some type of post-secondary program, and a higher percentage of Kansans finish post-secondary programs than in the past. Now, a second chart that we want to look at looks very similar, but this simply converts the information to a per-pupil basis. And here you can see that the, the numbers, while they look similar, we remain even farther below 2009. In fact, in several cases, you have to go back uh, even farther uh, because in this case, in, enrollment has actually gone up a little bit over this time, and that means the differences have been even greater. One of the things that we would point out is is if you adjust for inflation on a per-pupil basis, total funding is $476 million below where it would be in 2009, and the operating budgets, in other words, general funds, special ed, and LOB, is $715 million below where it would need to be to be at the all-time high level. So while people say correctly that in constant or current dollars, funding is higher than it has been, inflation adjusted, that's not true, particularly true on a headcount basis. And that's an important thing to understand about the Kansas Supreme Court's decision, the most recent Gannon decision. They accepted the legislature's plan to phase in another 500 and some million dollars but over a four or five year period, the court said, if you're going to do that, you have to take into account the inflation over that period of time. So that's the key point, I think, to take away here is when you adjust for inflation, we are still below the 2009 level. And even the legislature recognized that in its response to the court.
The next thing we want to talk about very briefly is to see how these funding levels compare to Kansas personal income. Kansas personal income is an economic statistic often reported by, it's, it's in the governor's budget, for example, in economic outlooks. It's something that the consensus revenue estimate looks at, and it's really just the total of the income of all residents of the state from all sources in a given year. If we compare that to what we're spending on education, it essentially tells us how much of our total income as a state, the people of the state, not the state budget, but the people of the state, what are we spending on K-12 education? Over the period of time from 1990 to 2010, the average amount spent uh, in total expenditures was about 4.66%. Even with the $400 million increase that districts has received, we're still going to be well below that targeted level. And that's particularly true if you look at the general fund, LOB, and special education. As this shows, although there is some upward movement as a result of that $200 million increase, it really has not made a big difference in terms of getting back toward the historical level. We show this merely to indicate that the, if you will, tax burden or spending burden of public education now, even with the increase that we received last year, is below the historic commitment that Kansans have made for supporting their public schools. And then the last thing we want to talk about is K-12 state aid as a percent of the state general fund budget. So the previous slide talked about the share of total Kansas income going to K-12 education. This is looking at the share K-12 state aid is as a percent of the state general fund budget. This information goes back to 1995 and when the legislature adopted what then school finance formula, the School District Equalization Act. Under the SDEA all the way from 1975 to the early 1990s, about 40% of the state general fund budget went to K-12 education. But at that time, a majority of school funding still came from local revenues. In other words, most school funding came from local property taxes. Because of the disparity in property taxes and the unpopularity of the property tax in the early 90s, in response to a school finance case, the legislature made the decision to shift a majority of funding from local taxes to state taxes to lower and equalize school property taxes. When that was done, school funding jumped to right at 50% of the state general fund, but it's remained that way all the way even through our estimates for next year. In fact, since 1994, K-12 state aid has really never varied from about 49, 48 or 49 percent of the state general fund to 50, 51 percent of the general fund. You sometimes hear people say half of our state general fund is going to K-12 education and that's not sustainable. In fact, we've sustained it for uh, well over two decades as part of a general state policy. This means that even as K-12 funding has gone up in terms of state aid, whether in response to a lawsuit or even in cases when the legislature has simply wanted to further buy down property taxes, other parts of the general fund budget has gone up as well. Now, it's important to understand that other things in the general fund budget have changed more dramatically. For example, spending on social services, human service caseloads, health care, 
Those have taken a larger share, and so other programs like higher education, other social services have gone down, but that's not because K-12 is taking a larger share of the budget. Uh, In fact, it continues to be very stable compared to what it has been over the last 20 years. So what we've wanted to do here is simply give you the most recent information from reports presented for last year. We'll start making estimates for the current year based on school budgets, but we can't really finalize things until final books close next fall. We hope this has given you some good information uh, that you can use to talk about what's really happening in school finance. Um, You can, as I said, find more details about this at the Tallman Educational Report, the blog I present. This is also presented in KSB news briefs and social media. And if you have further questions about this or other issues in education, send them to me at mtallman at ksb.org. We'll try to get answers to you through our Ask KSB series. And please follow me on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you.